Bucky's Basement. Welcome to another episode of Bucky's Basement. I am Bucky, and as always, in the basement with me tonight, we have Old Boy and Juicebox. And we are back for another episode in the series, Casting Cage. We thought it was too long between the last time we did this and now, so we wanted to bring back America's favorite Hollywood actor, Mr. Nicolas Cage, in another one of his potentially best films it, it arguably his best i mean his best film i guess i think there's it is two, there's a couple of others i could i could rank up there but this is yeah it's, i think it's about great. two weeks ago when we decided to sit down and watch this movie we were texting back and forth and i did bring up the question is there such thing as a perfect movie and I sent you guys this text, and the responses were overwhelmingly positive. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's great. It, it's. I think. I think Juicebox was saying it's a flawless movie. It feels like it. I mean, it's. It's. It's got it. I don't want to say it's flawless. It's got its flaws, and it's got some parts that feel weird, and sure. the pacing is weird in some spots. But I don't know. It's damn near perfect. Yeah. Overall, a great movie. Today we're going to cover the 1987 classic. Raising Arizona. (laughs) I mean, this movie means so much to the three of us. Uh, I I can just go ahead and and get that out there. Yeah, go ahead. We've had previous podcasts before, and a cover photo for one of them was all three of us sitting in lawn chairs. Right. Because it's an iconic like just photo in cinema cinema history. Yeah, it really is. I mean, just Holly Hunter and Nick Cage in the, in the desert in with sunglasses baby. on yeah. watching the sunset. I mean, yeah. unreal. Yeah, don't forget the baby. Yeah. And I the mean, baby. Sorry. And, the, and the, yeah, Nathan a, Jr. It's a Cohen it's a we Cohen think. Brothers movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we think. If you guys aren't familiar with the Cohen Brothers out there, I mean they brought major major like I don't know, smash hits like Fargo, No Country for Old Men, Big Lebowski, Barton Fink, Oh Brother Where Art Thou, Inside Lewin Davis, which I think is their worst one on record. Hudsucker Proxy. Yeah. Yep. Burn After Reading, if the, y'all remember that, where they, I mean, it was kind of that crazy yeah. fast cinematography. I mean, I've never seen Blood Simple, but it got high accolades. Straight out of the gate, I mean, they, they come with that and then they come with Raising Arizona. It says it took $5.5 million to make. Yeah. So I saw six million but i mean that's that's to me that's a big budget right for a second time filmmaker in the 80s so one thing i read is they didn't want to make this movie as their second movie they wanted to make the hudsucker proxy as their second movie but they estimated the budget of that to be like 40 million dollars or something like that and the studio was like Mm. no we're not doing that so they said, we'll give you $6 million or $5.5 million. And they've like apparently just like scraped it just perfectly together with this budget. Like, like yeah, no yeah. reshoots or I can't say no reshoots, but they, you know, meticulously did like the storyboards and like, yep. like wrote everything out to a T. And that's why like they kind of clash. We can talk about it some, but sure. Apparently they clash with Nicolas Cage a little bit because can't of imagine. he had his, yeah. Because he had his own ideas of what he wanted to do with this character. Doesn't everybody at yeah, this point? I, this is where I mean, this is where I've developed my Dick Cage theory of acting. Yeah, and, and, and acting in films, but we'll we'll get to that. So this covered twenty nine point two million at the box office, five point five to make. Um, so that doesn't feel like a flop. It's not a flop, but right. it this this movie really didn't gain its popularity until it like the a, cult, like when it, it came out after, after the fact. Right? Yeah, I mean, I didn't see it until it was on video, but I mean, I was a kid also. Yeah, this is the first time uh, any of us met Nick Cage. I guarantee it. This was my mom introduced me to this movie when I was a kid. Uh, um, yeah, like yeah. It, it was just like a hey. You know, you've got some major actors coming out of this thing. You've got Nick Cage, you've got Holly Hunter, Francis McDormand, John John Goodman, Goodman. William Forsyth. I mean, these are some big names. Tex Cobb, yeah. Tex Cobb, the former, uh, what was he, a boxer or something? They pulled him off the street. He's the the bad guy in this movie, the the evil whatever. They ride some motorcycle around, tries to, you know, what is he, a bounty hunter trying to find Nathan Jr. But the funny thing is, he didn't know how to ride a motorcycle. 
motorcycle before this. Right. Like they had to teach him how to ride a motorcycle for this movie. Yeah. Wouldn't you just go out and get somebody who kind of looks the same that can ride a motorcycle? It seems like you can find them like at any truck stop I, in the country. Like <laughs> wow. just roll up. This guy didn't have many lines. I mean, like they, he's just looks scary. They definitely did for a lot of those shots. It was probably just like the tighter shots where he had to ride up and stop that they oh. like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ride on. you know, yeah. it wasn't like when he was riding through the fire and like launching off the, uh, over the road or whatever. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. Well, for uh, Raising Arizona, I read a great quote that's going to kick us off on today's episode where we go through this movie. Raising Arizona exposes the American family as a troubled, imperfect unit, often aspiring to the unattainable American dream. Uh, and I thought, like, man, when I read that, that's not the tagline for the movie, obviously, but um, I just thought, like, the unattainable American dream. Um, right. And that, that kind of hit me hard, and it was just like, because when you, when you watch this for the first time, you're like, these poor, not poor, but, like, you know, lower-income families yeah. going through these things, like, can't have kids, let's steal one. Uh, can't afford diapers, Naturally. let's steal them. Yeah. Um, you know, let's, you know... Hold this person up. Oh, speaking of that, and, and Holly Hunter and Nick Cage meet in the very opening scene before they even roll the credits in this movie. There's, you know, the pre. What do you call that? It's in a, a monologue. Sense, almost, mon- yeah, like, monologue. Yeah, it's um, a monologue, and it's like eleven minutes long. Yeah, and it's awesome. It, it, it's incredible. Yeah, it, it it sets the tone for the rest of the movie. Yep. And I, you know, that's where Nick Cage meets Holly Hunter, and we find out how they their relationship developed, yep. right? And then we get, and then we get into the story in eleven minutes, right? Yeah, we learn their whole backstory, and I want to know because when watching this movie, obviously we see him hold up a grocery store, steal huggies, you know, do all kinds of stuff, right? What I the first thing I wrote down watching this through the eyes of Bucky's basement reviewing this okay. was what did Hyde go to jail for? Robbery. Yeah, armed robbery. Armed robbery, but it wasn't a loaded gun, so he got like a... No, I know that, but he came right. back like three times, right? Well, yeah. In that opening monologue, we're going to call it. Yeah. I, yeah. It was because he just kept holding up... Uh, Convenience the, stores. The, the, what's the name of the place? It's the same... Yeah. Same, it's like Save-A-Lot or something? Uh, something Stop. So, yeah. Quick Stop or something like that. It's not Quick Stop. Gotcha. But that's yeah. But he robs that every single time. Yeah, he's a habitual criminal. Like that, <laughs> it just keeps right, and that's that's what makes it so dumb. Is like he just keeps doing the same thing. Yep. He's he's stuck in a he's stuck in a loop. So and yes, we meet Holly Hunter, and man, I gotta say, I got a thing for Holly Hunter, dude. Mm-mm. Is I, it her accent? Really? I, I don't think it's her accent, but I, I it I've can't always, be her accent. I've always, I've always been. I've always had a thing for Holly Hunter, man. As soon as she started talking in this, I, I put down uh, or I, I made a note that said Holly Hunter is doing her best Loretta Lynn impression in this I movie. Think that's just her voice. Yeah, I think that's her. Is accent. it? Yeah. This this I haven't role. seen many Holly Hunter films, so I just didn't know if that was really her man, or uh, if this is raising Arizona. Her. Oh, like, I had a crush on her. Did you yeah. ever see Always? With uh, I didn't. She won the Oscar for that, right? Yeah, she's she's fantastic. Um, no, that's her. That's just her voice. And and this, so she was roommates with Frances McDormand, mm-hmm. and this role was written for her, which I, I did not know that until I until I did. After. I saw that too. They were uh, roommates in 1982, year of our Lord, uh, <laughs> at Yale <laughs> right. Film School. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool, so, man. Yeah, Yale Film School. Damn. It, yeah, and uh, apparently Francis McDormand met um, Ethan Cohen on the set of Blood Simple right. because Francis was cast in Blood Simple. Her and Ethan Cohen ended up getting together. Yeah. Uh, so they were a couple, and then yeah. Holly. Hunter- <laughs> Do you want to get into Holly Hunter's character in Raising Arizona because um, it's. Uh, so so all right so Holly Hunter yeah is a is a police officer mm-hmm. right in this uh, what's the town of Arizona did y'all I didn't I never got a town anyway all right um, so she's a and and High played by Nicholas Cage is a is a petty criminal mm-hmm. so they meet in when he's getting uh, fingerprinted what do you call that registering not registration but it's getting booked booked, booked yeah, yes it, booking right so. They're booking him, and they, they hit it off. They're flirting. And each time he comes back through, you can see, like, the stages of the relationship getting more and more serious. So um, by the by the start of the movie, he's out. They're together. They get married, and they want to have kids, but 
she's she's uh barren. That's what she said. That's right. So, yeah, that's Here, what. Here's yeah. the quote: Edwina's insides were a rocky place where my seed could find no purchase. <laughs> that's, <laughs> so a, it's, that's a good it's, one. It's poetic. It really is. Yeah. The writing in this film is unreal. Yeah, yeah it it, is at good. times. Take us through the take us through the story, and we'll uh, we'll just fill in, I guess, right. Well, I mean, the this, this story's simple. It's cut and dry. I want to get into a couple of, of different things today just based on this because um, I did write, God damn, this movie is written so well. That's a note I made. And then yeah. I said prior to the opening credits, which w- this is where we're about to start here, prior to the opening credits, this is already a best picture to me. Yeah. Like, it, it's just, again, we can't under or overemphasize what the uh, – the importance of that first 11 minutes it's it is the pacing of it is like perfect like just just it tells so much of a story in just such a small amount of time so we get into this obviously old boy told you a story the couple gets together they uh are barren they can't have a baby you you get this you know flash on tv that says this you know family's about to have quintuplets quintuplets yeah so that's five babies more than they can handle at a very elderly age by the way um, yeah. the Arizonas come into play here. Right. So we obviously see what's going to happen, right? They derive or create this idea that they're going to steal one of the babies. They have more than they can handle. Yep. And then the story just goes off the rails from there. Right. But let's back up because the, the, I want to get into the couple who had the quintuplets who seemed like they were at least 56 years old. I, um, it was tough to tell. The mom was like the same as the kind of like had the syndrome of the mom in a Valley Girl, the where one she was you just liked. dressed. Yeah, but I, the I was, one you like, I was not into this mom. Okay, uh, just right. for, for the record, so uh, she can't take yeah, the glasses off. No, okay, but I still feel like it was one of those things that just dressed her up to make her look older. Like yeah. she was felt like she was younger than Nathan Arizona. It did feel, but that Nathan way. Arizona felt like forty five to fifty years old. You I, think? I have trouble in eighties movies. I can't look at an eighties movie and tell how old anybody. Is. Me either because they were all old when we were kids yeah so So. i don't know if they're still older than me or at at my age now or if they're not but the arizonas we have nathan arizona which you know one of the best characters kind of characters (laughs) in the film who dropped who drops classic lines and if you can find lower prices anywhere my name ain't nathan arizona and growing up and even to this day when i think of uh, raw wood furniture. Uh, yeah, do you think, think about that often? I think <laughs> I see it. Right? <laughs> okay, stain your own furniture, paint it. It's right. just wood. I just think of unpainted Arizona, unpainted which is Arizona. an incredible name for. It seemed like a Lowe's at the time. Like when you it see it huge. in the movie, it's just. This. It was like a furniture store, more of a furniture yes. store though. Right. Yeah. How yeah. do you sell that much unpainted, just regular wood furniture? Man, you promote the shit Ch- out of it again. Change your name from uh, Huff Hines to Arizona. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's oh, right. well, I wish we had that sound bite. <laughs> yeah. Because nobody would buy furniture from a guy named Nathan Huffines or something like yeah. that. From a guy I named Huffines. But they, I want to talk about this because I have written down, and this is going to become a theme for me throughout this podcast, is uh, I called Old Boy the other day. I think I said it to Juicebox, too. I said, to me, the theme of this movie is bad parenting, right? <laughs> Yeah, I said earlier the, the unattainable American dream, but I'm going to start point number one on why this entire movie is about bad parenting and that nobody deserves Nathan Jr. Okay. Nobody in this movie deserves that kid. Okay. Um, right. The Arizonas are the worst parents in history. I said they've got five infants just chilling by themselves upstairs in a crib, unmanned, uh, while they're just sitting in the living room and listening to the sounds upstairs. So when Nick Cage breaks into this house to go steal it, you hear footprints and like babies falling out of the crib and all this right. stuff. And these yeah. parents are just sitting down there. Like who wouldn't run upstairs to see what's going on with these like six month old infants? That's right. true. There was no monitor or anything then. But Nothing. O- honestly, like those babies, they were supposed to be new more babies. Those babies were like eight months old yeah, or some dude. shit They're, like that. They were okay. falling out of the crib. Yeah, they just came okay. from the home from the hospital. Come on. Ooh, fun fact. I did read this today when looking for fun facts of raising Arizona is one kid because they had they they couldn't find 
quintuplets anyway. Right, right. So they had to find kids that looked around the same age. They were the, you know, that kind of looked like each other. Oh, blind. One kid at one point in the shooting got up and started walking and they kicked him out and said, <laughs> go find another kid. That's right. He got fired because he could walk. The kid. And then the mom apparently begged to keep him on the set. It's like very strange I mean, story. Yeah, right? She probably like tried to hurt his leg so he couldn't walk or something. <laughs> Anyway, so bad parenting, right? Okay, um, that's that's your that's your sub subtext of the movie is bad parenting. Yes. Okay. Because the, every time somebody touches Nathan Jr. in this movie, there is something going on, right? And back to Holly Hunter, because I want to get into that for a second, because this is the next thing we see, right? Is High and Ed. They're here stealing a baby, right? Right. And he's got to pick one. It's a great scene. It's it's well shot. It's shot from the baby's perspective. It's shot from Nick Cage's perspective. Um, yeah, it, it it's it's very like slapstick. It reminds me of a cartoon. It is, dude, yes. dude. There is there is multiple times in this movie where it goes into like cartoon mode because exactly. I made a note about that later on in the movie. It, it, and and the bedroom is like you can tell it's shot on like a soundstage or something because like it's massive. Oh, it's huge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, it gets very cartoonish. It's great, though. Agree. So, obviously, Holly Hunter is... uh, This is where the... I think Holly Hunter's the worst character in this movie, the worst person in this movie. (laughs) Um, This is where it begins, right? Mm -hmm. Because she is making her husband go steal a baby, and he he comes back, and she has an out, right? Nick Cage comes back, can't do it, thought they were too cute, comes back to the car, and says, I couldn't do it, honey, I couldn't do it. And then this is what we hear. You go right back up there and get me a toddler. I need a baby high. They got more than they can handle. Right. Step number two, or part number two of bad parenting. These people are stealing a baby and they it live in a trailer. It's kidnapping. Yeah. It's a comedy. Like they're kidnapping yeah. a baby. And I think the whole movie, I'm going to bring this point up really quick. Holly Hunter's gaslighting like the whole time to a <laughs> child. Like the entire time. Like they are fugitives. And, she, and mm-hmm. I put this, they're fugitives. Hi, we're trying to start a decent family. Like, it, she says things like that. Right. They You're, stole a baby, and then we're going to see some other shit unfold. Like, right. when his friends come back. Right. She 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 is so, she's desperate to start a family. She re, she wants nothing more than to start a family. And because in her mind, that's that's their American dream, mm-hmm. is, is having a family. And she's unable to do it, so she goes through extreme lengths to to accomplish that essentially. So after they get, he goes back up there, gets Nathan jr. The baby, one of the five, you know, Arizona kids. And they, then the next scene, we see him go back to where they live. It's the first time we really see it is their trailer. Uh And I said, can I just say, I wrote, I don't know why I write in these, these, these ways, but I said, can I just say that's a really nice trailer they live in? Like it just seems big. Is it? Yeah. It, I th- well, you know, it's shot like wide. I mean, it looks real big. Yeah, I guess. Uh-huh. I I love that scene where they bring him home though. When he runs in the house to like get everything ready, <laughs> he grabs that Playboy off his nightstand and like throws it under the mattress. But then like has a second thought, like pulls it out, looks through it real quick, and then throws it back under the mattress. <laughs> it's just so good. It's funny. Um, but yes. All right. Yeah. All right. So yeah, they come back to the trailer. All yeah. right. So all right. Keep keep going with your bad parenting theory. I'm I'm intrigued. Okay. So first of all, they don't really know. Um, this is all Holly Hunter, right? Nick Cage tries, but he just doesn't know how. Um, ne- yeah. Neither one of them really know how. I mean, it was her plan to steal the baby in the first place, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. Or, or, yeah, I think I think they kind of so they, they came to the same conclusion. They get it back. It's been a long day. They're worried about it. I, I, you know, from what I remember, High goes to sleep, and then all of a sudden, Holly Hunter is like, he wakes up. I guess out of that dream, the the yeah. crazy long dream that sequence that's in this movie where he's talking over the background or whatever. It's incredible. Again, yep. he wakes up and she is cradling this baby, singing like this old. Like cringy murder ballad. Yeah, I mean, like deep murder ballad. Yeah, like um, I like that song. Do you? Yeah. I mean, I, 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 it's incredible. Right, the but way she sings, she's a good singer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it, it sounds like a lullaby, but the 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 lyrics to it are like dark. Yeah, yeah. But then now we're we're living through the first couple of, of uh, I guess days of this baby of them having it, and it. I want to point out that the baby's eight, like 
juice box set right. eight months old. Yeah. I mean, so right. it's really hard to believe that these people just kind of had a baby and couldn't come up with an adoption idea or like anything. Well, they tried. Didn't they try adoption, but they wouldn't, they couldn't adopt a baby because of his criminal background. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I guess that was going to be their backstory if anybody asked them a question. Right. Speaking of his criminal background, so uh, we know he was in and out of prison, and the next scene that we see is in the middle of the night, the very night that they bring home this baby, coincidentally, or for movie purposes, both of his friends break out of prison and come to his house. Like, they had his right. address after digging themselves out of the ground. Do you think, yeah, and, and they... they- climbed through the sewer so i was watching it with my kid and like and, and when they say they climbed out of the or they climbed through the sewer pipe my kid was like what that's like because they had all that mud over him she's like that wasn't mud and I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know that scene where they come out of the ground though when john Go- john oh. goodman is just like top <laughs> performance right there like he is just killing it just his his a, crazy deranged screaming and then he reaches down the ground and just rips his brother up out of the ground like one-handed yep. yeah dude it, yeah he's a powerhouse it, it's awesome you, that I, is amazing who his brother is william forsyth by the way who right. i love because he's been cast in a few rob zombie movies um, mm. He's also in The Rock, with is also another Nick Cage movie oh. that we're going to review at some oh, yeah. point. Okay. So we Good get point. to bring him back up. Um, I just I always like that guy for some reason. All right, question. Do you think Stephen King ripped off uh, Shawshank Redemption from this movie? No. I don't know. Did he write the short story like after this movie came out? I don't know. I might have to look it up. But see what I mean? I didn't think about that. About crawling through the shit. So anyway, I I thought that was interesting. Um, So these guys come in, right? Yep. And um, here's, you know, bad parenting. Like, they've got this infant. And he gets up and he's like, oh, hey, honey. You know, he like hugs his friends. They can stay for a little bit. And then she's like, okay, they can stay for a little bit. But, you know. They need to be gone in the morning. <laughs> right. I'm like, it is like two in the morning. Dude. Yeah. And you're just going to, God, uh, what is going on? Like, y'all just stole a baby. You've got to be able to take care. You don't know anything about a baby. They say that they broke out of prison. And she's <laughs> yes. like, yeah, you could just stay for a couple of days. Yeah, a couple <laughs> yeah. of days. I, I have a question. If I showed up out of prison at two in the morning, and would you think I could stay a couple of days? Would you allow me to stay a couple of days? <sighs> Do you still have your house down the street? <laughs> I'm in prison, baby. I broke. If I broke out of prison, I, I'm assuming I have nothing. Okay, you, especially if I come over here. So you want me to house you for a couple of days? Yeah, Aiden. Just till just till things. Yeah, Aiden a bit. Yeah, just till things get quiet and I can move on. You know what I mean? Did you go through the sewer? <laughs> But I cleaned up in a, a gas station bathroom. Oh my god, that scene too, where they're <laughs> the just like, they're, yeah, they're covered in shit still, but they're just fucking slathered that pomade oh. in their hair, like can't get <laughs> wow. enough of it. Wow, it's so gross. Don't avoid the question. Um, <laughs> man, I think I've got some rooms in this house, and but in my base, in Bucky's and, basement, and I'd, I'd hide out in the basement. All right, I, I that's couldn't. Cool. I, I can't say no to you. All I, right. I can't. All right. Quick, all right, cool. So I would do it. My man. Okay, then. Um, <laughs> yes, but in this movie, they should have been gone because this is a trailer. Here it goes back to my theory that this is a very nice trailer because now you got four people living in it plus That's a true. baby for That's two true. days. And it seems very comfortable. Even the next morning when they're eating the cereal and she's like <laughs> breastfeeding, not breastfeeding, but uh, you know, like feeding. feeding the baby. And Nick Cage walks in. That, that kitchen looks comfortable. It just seemed big. Sure, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, for, yeah. Okay, for so let, let's move on because this is now, you know, showing off the baby time as the movie progresses. All of a sudden, we've got friends coming in, right? So can we rewind real quick for one second? I want to go back to the scene where they find that the baby has been kidnapped. Yes. Like, I don't know if you guys remember. It's like that, uh, that like, first-person type scene, like, yeah. running, like, going up the ladder, like, into yep. the thing. That is actually supposed to. That is a tribute to Evil Dead, dude. I wrote. I wrote, that's funny you mentioned that because I wrote. I was like, dude, is he ripping off Sam Raimi? Like, it's a Sam Raimi. It, it, it yeah. the whole feel of it is Sam Raimi. It's a tribute to Evil Dead because I can't. Sam are, Raimi's involved in this movie. He's like he? the friends of. He's like was the best friend of the director of this movie. Or well, something. I was going to say the Coen brothers. 
Maybe it's a cinematographer. Maybe, I can't remember what it was. I was going to say one of the Coen brothers was an assistant editor on one of the Evil Dead, like maybe the first Evil Dead movie. So that's, that's cool. like the connection there. Yeah. I can't remember if it was Joel or Ethan. But yeah. And I, you know, I guess after, I, I, I don't know. I don't know why I never picked up on it earlier, but it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's the day. I mean, it's, it's a dead up. Oh, like, yeah. Up the ladder cool. in the window. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it just adds Lady to Lady screaming right into her face. Exactly. Like, but ne- the next people that we're introduced to in this movie is great because it is um francis mcdormand and yeah. her husband uh i don't know his acting name but it's glenn yeah he's uh, glenn, glenn and dot right? glenn and dot yeah. glenn and dot are incredible and they introduce my next build on this theory that this whole movie is about bad parenting because okay. glenn and dot have like 19 kids it seems like in the beginning well that's how much noise they're making i think they're like five six yeah, you know, yeah. they got like they, five or six kids they yeah their kids are hellions and they don't do anything to stop it. They encourage it. They encourage yeah. it. We all know parents. Like You've that. got you. You got some friends coming over to your house, and they've got five kids, and you, all of a sudden they just run in and start like be, pick writing. up a baseball bat and writing on the walls and yeah. hitting things. And they um, were smashing his car like as soon as he like <laughs> right. as soon as they got out. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, bad parents, right? Yeah. But Francis McDormand plays the classic like mom uh on tv in that in that time she reminds me of national lampoons um yeah, the, eddie's wife that or whole whatever. scene feels national lampoons yeah this yeah um and her like just looking at the baby and being like blown away by the baby and uh then telling him what to do in the picnic and everything when she was telling him what to do and they, that's back with Holly Hunter like just fucking nails on a chalkboard and she's like no hi we gotta do this hi gotta get insurance. Have, have you done yeah. that hi like and I'm like Ugh. Yeah. like I cannot stand Holly Hunter like oh, man, <laughs> man I, she's an incredible character um, uh, uh, actor sure. actress yeah, yeah, yeah. but she is a terrible character in this movie yeah she is a pretty bad person yeah uh, and she's supposed to not, it doesn't make it seem like it on the surface. She's a decorated officer. Yes. Right. right. <laughs> she, she's, yeah. She's, um, uh, but she's trouble. This is also brings up my next and one of the most controversial, weirdest throwout scenes in this movie that has nothing to do with the rest of the movie. Okay. But when Glenn, who I think is the second worst and my most irritatable character in this movie especially when it gets the fucking neck brace yeah. but like I can't <laughs> right. stand Glenn but Glenn and I uh, Nick Cage go on a walk and Glenn approaches the idea of wife swapping yeah do you yeah. Do you remember this scene okay oh, yeah. so he like you know eases into it uh, talking about the baby talking about kids and stuff and then boom just drops wife swapping right mm-hmm. saying that his wife is uh, thinks that you know um He's cute, and Glenn has a thing for, you know, for Holly Hunter. Holly Hunter, right? And Nick Cage, like, just boils up and just knocks his ass out. Yeah. Right? I mean, just knocks him out for even approaching the idea. So. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So I'm going to have to bring this question up. I mean, if somebody approached you to wife swap, are you going to have a reaction like that? Like, Who's the wife? <laughs> you said it, man. Fuck. <laughs> it's all right. My wife doesn't listen to the podcast. Right? I should. I, should, I shouldn't be in any trouble. That's what I was gonna say. Like, is it? it <laughs> would it be flattering, or do you want to fight the dude immediately? I guess it depends. I don't know, man. Maybe yeah. it depends on the situation. Do you politely yeah. decline? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm saying no, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'm straight up punching somebody or if, or if I'm flattered or, or right, I don't know. right. Yeah, yeah. It would just. Uh, I don't know. It'd have to happen for me to know how I'd react. I guess. True. All True. Right. <laughs> but that is. <laughs> That is interesting. I did not know you were going to bring that question up, but I'm I'm so glad you did. On the flip side of all of this going on, you've still got the Arizonas over here looking for this baby, right? Yeah. They're hiring cops to come in. They're taking anybody off the street. And then it goes back to what we were saying in the beginning uh, of the guy who couldn't ride the motorcycle. Tex Cobb. Tex Cobb. What's his name in it? Leonard Smalls? Yeah. Is is his name in this movie? Uh, So he's this bounty hunter that finds out because all of a sudden uh, there's now a reward for the baby. It's a $25,000 reward. Mm-hmm. Doesn't seem like that much for a baby. 
Uh, <laughs> as Leonard Smalls brings up in a later scene where he's like, dude, I could sell it for more than that. For $50,000 right. or something. Yeah. So babies were apparently going for fifty grand in 87, hmm. which does, still doesn't seem like that much for a human being. Yeah. You would think the reward would be everything. Yeah. And this is where the story goes off. You know, this is where all of the intense things happen. This is the buildup, the explosion, the pop or whatever is when all of these different people, the friends, the swinger friends with the six kids, the two guys out of jail, has friends, Mm -hmm. the bounty hunter, the Arizona's, everybody is looking for this kid because now it's worth money. Right. right? And um, a lot of people have been exposed to Nathan Jr., including two ex-cons and... The whole other family, yeah, it's it's uh, so yeah, this is this is where the problems start, right? This is the downfall. Yep. So the the two ex cons catch wise on the baby and the reward, so they're out to steal the baby, um, which they do successfully. Which they yeah, well, after an incredible uh, trailer fight, best one I've seen since Kill Bill Two. I, um, do you think Kill Bill ripped that off? I don't know. That, that, <laughs> I, but I mean, seriously. Maybe. Like, it's it's a lot. Throwing alike. it through the wall of the trailer. All of it. Yeah. yeah. That's true. And coming through there in the bathroom. Um, I believe it. I believe Kill Bill's an homage to that. I mean, you think that. so? I think so. Yeah. You think Tarantino is that? Yeah. I, I'm sure he I is. Mean, yeah. I, I mean, he added his spice to it with an eye snatch in the hallway, the absolutely. little narrow hallway with absolutely. fucking carpet. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. But oh, maybe yeah. he did rip that off. But that uh, incredible fight. So they successfully like kidnapped this baby. Take the baby. And then here's bad parenting number 67. <laughs> um, right. Now they're the parents. Now the they're baby, the right? parents. You got two ex cons. Okay. Have nothing I'm, going, to I'm know, going with your theory. Like, have nothing uh, or know nothing about a baby. Take it on for a ride. They realize they need to get some supplies uh, for the baby. Right. Before they hold up a bank with the baby. <laughs> right. Yeah, because they, they've got a score where everybody in this town brings their money to this bank on this certain day, and they, yep. they're just going to rob them blind. But they do it with the baby. They do, because they didn't want to leave the baby in the car. Right. They had no problem leaving it on top of the car. Right. And they leave the baby at the crime scene. That was an accident. Right. (laughs) They did that twice, right? They did it twice, right. And the second time, yeah, so so High and Ed, they, they realize the baby's gone. So they're like, all right, we have to go get the baby back. Meanwhile, the bounty hunter's on the trail of the two convicts. He's after the baby, so it's just who's going to get the baby. And I know I said that the ex-cons um, were, you know, entering this bad parenting theme that yeah, I have. I don't think they're ex-cons. They're cons. Or cons. cons sorry. <laughs> yeah, you know, sorry. Fugitives, yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're fugitives, fugitives yeah. is what we should call them. They had good intentions, right? When they no. stopped at the gas station <laughs> to get, like, huggies or whatever. They were asking the old man um, how to put a diaper on. He's right. like, is this the ones you got to pin? He's like, no, I, I think it's just a you know, right. pull and snap or whatever it is. And then you get to me, arguably, and something that I've said for 30 years, you know, every time as when somebody says, you know, what's your favorite line of any movie ever? Uh, it is without a doubt. Hey, you blow up in the funny shakes at all? Well, no, unless round is funny. And when the first time I heard that, it was it, it, it's just classic. If you, I mean, yeah. I know yeah. you all know that quote because people say it all the time. But um, it, it's just it, 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 it. Whoever wrote that line, my hat's off. Uh, it's one of the Coen unless brothers. you think Brown's funny. It's it's one of the Coens, man. So they leave the baby. They leave the baby twice. The second time they leave the baby at the crime scene, they they get indisposed. And then Cage and Holly Hunter are on their way to get the baby. They catch up. They get Nathan Jr. back. And then who, and then who shows up? Tex Cobb. Mm-hmm. So he's there. Now you have your showdown, right? Which is also a good a good scene. Um, because this is also very cartoony. Yeah. Oh, the driving through the pickets where he hits him at the end of like that row or whatever. He comes out with that fence picket and knocks him off the bike. Is yeah. Incredible. All, yeah. All of it. it I mean, it, it's just kind of climbing it, under the car and like, you see like that's where you get the. Um, so I read something that said that Nick Cage was trying to be um, Woody Woodpecker. Woody Woodpecker. Yeah. yeah. He looked like him. He dressed his hair like him, had the tattoo. And like this is where the you more, get to see it like crop 
climbing up under the car and then getting pulled back by him. Yeah, it's a he's a cartoon almost. And it, I mean, dude, if when he gets hit, if you just seen like stars going around his head, it wouldn't have surprised. Yeah, him. but um, yeah, supposedly his it, this was his idea was that his hair would get more stressed out the more the character got stressed out. Ah, and he's and he based his whole thing off Woody Woodpecker, which is a odd choice. So I, I heard that too, and I was trying to pay attention to that during the movie. It kind of follows that, like it's not super strict of like sure. how stressed out he is and how big his hair is getting, because it's like all over the place in the all movie. The time. Like right, yeah. But that was, um, I think that was. So I, I'm gonna go ahead and jump into my Nick Cage theory. Okay, right. so I, I think Nick Cage does a wonderful job in this movie. Yes, I think he does. I mean, I mean. The two other movies we've watched with him so far, this is like, okay. This Correct. changes my whole opinion about him. I'm he's like, not nasally. And he's playing a super charming character. Exactly. Really is. And nails it, right? You don't need much. But And, and so this to me, I'm like, okay, so maybe he, does, he maybe he does got some pretty decent skills as an actor, right? Like, But it also we also know the Coen brothers are directing it. Yeah. And they're directing him. And I read, I read um, some quotes from them saying, yeah, it wasn't the easiest time with Nick Cage because Nick brought a lot of passion to the project but had his own ideas about things, like this Woody Woodpecker thing. Right. So he wanted to do things, and they'd have to do you know, multiple takes so they got what they wanted, not what he wanted. I- I'm wondering, as we go forward, I think we should always pay attention to who the director is. And if the director's allowing him to get away with it, I think every time he's in a, in a film, I bet he brings – Something like this Woody Woodpecker or or I, that voice. I 100% believe that. He yeah. has to have some sort of gimmick in every single movie that he's in. A little panache, right? Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. yeah. His yeah. signature. His if signature, you if you will, right? Because he's an artist. He's passionate. I've got respect for that. But if I think if the director lets him go you know, free range, that's when you get probably bad acting. Yeah. So <laughs> in Valley Girl, it was his... Uh, T-shaped chest hair, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, right. And, and, and then Peggy Sue, you've got that voice and those dentures, and yeah. then you, and then and then this, you've got Woody Woodpecker, and then Con Air, it's everything. Con Air, I don't know. As it's we, the, as, it's the wife beater, it's the long hair, it's the southern accent. As we watch these movies, I'm, I I can't wait for us to pick out what the thing is because yeah. I just I just watched Moonstruck ahead of you guys, and I have a I, I have questions on what it is. I know what it is, and that movie i think uh, i think i do too but speaking I of <laughs> speaking <laughs> of that uh we will continue casting cage with moonstruck probably on our our very next episode oh, so yeah. we do these in chronological order yeah um but back to uh raising arizona where were we so I we're at know, the fight see. scene yeah we're, we're getting to the end so i had a question about the fight scene so you know they're fighting Nicholas Cage pulls down his jacket or whatever and reveals like the same uh, Woody Woodpecker tattoo that he has or whatever. Yep. Right. I've always been confused on what is if that has some other meaning. Does that mean like that is supposed to be like his brother, brother or like related to him? Yeah. Some yeah. something somehow tied to him or well, something like that. Didn't he manifest him in his dream? Yeah, so he wasn't even real or he was like some evil version of him or, or that something was like him. that. Well, see, your your theory on bad parenting, my theory is is it's all about responsibility and that the, the Oh, I'm not done yet. Oh, okay. But you, all right. But no, yeah. you can go. I, in a nutshell, I feel like it's it's all about responsibility and and ultimately he at the end he realizes he needs to give the baby back because he's not they're not ready to be parents. Sure. And and so I it kind of After saving this baby, I mean, right. which is insane. So yeah, I think in my mind it was all about responsibility, but it, I guess bad parenting and responsibility are hand in hand. So anyway, keep going. So I was going to say, so that's how the movie ends. Nick Cage and Holly Hunter save the baby from the fugitives, from the um, you know their friends' parents who were trying to blackmail them, uh, from the bounty hunter. And what do they do after they go through all of this? They return the baby. They return the baby. I don't, was you think yeah. that was fear of like getting in trouble, or it was just like we've fear gone through the, too much. We can't. We can't even do this. I like, think they realized like they came to that like realization. Like she said that she was going to leave him, and they didn't want to be together anymore. And like yep. it was just all like they didn't deserve to have that kid. Yeah. Okay. They like, came to that realization. That that scene, I love that scene so much because. Nathan Arizona comes in there with that big ass gun, like ready to shoot him right where they're putting their kid in the thing, like going to just blast away. 
<laughs> like finally like you know realizes like what they're doing lets him go or whatever but he takes his gun and puts it in the oh, crib with Nathan Arizona like so, or right. with the uh, Nathan Jr. It's so like, you guys, you guys know when you go see fireworks shows, like on the Fourth of July, or you mm-hmm. know some kind of celebration or something. There's a grand finale at the end. Yep. Yeah. What you just said is the grand finale from my whole fucking point. Um, this is the <laughs> biggest a- mishap in the movie of bad parenting. They hand him his kid back. He puts it in a crib and then puts like a. 55 Magnum gun (laughs) right next to this kid in the crib for half of this scene. Yeah. Like it's in there for like a lot of dialogue. Yeah. Where this kid could have rolled over at any point. Yeah. I mean, he was already just almost walking. I'm, I'm buying your theory. Back, like, what are you doing? What are these people? No, nobody deserves this kid. Damn, and we named no. our parenting podcast after this. Yeah, <laughs> well, we did. <laughs> I think it, in hindsight, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. No, oh right. god, R.I.P. Raising theory, Arizona, but, oh, dude. That's a good film theory, dude. I, I had to. It, it was long. It was long, but everybody. Uh, I really it, like it. Everybody just, you know, whatever. So yeah, I had to go back. And, I had to go back and look it up. This is like slightly off topic, but uh, Trey Wilson, the dude that played Nathan Arizona, was 37 years old when he was in this movie. What? He died when he was 40 years old. What? Yeah, that 37 dude, years old. That dude died three years later. Yeah, from like a brain hemorrhage or something like that. Man, he. Uh, was he in stuff Damn. like Problem Child, or I, I feel like he was uh, in like I, movies. Like he probably that. wasn't in a whole lot. He was in Twins and Bull Twins. Durham and Bull yeah. Durham. Law and Order. Bull Durham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is where you and I differ on movies. He, was the he said Twins. I said Twins. He said Bull Durham. Bull Durham. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Did y'all know Kevin Costner? Speaking of Bull Durham, auditioned for this part. He yeah. was originally cast. I guess. Auditioned three times. Really? Yeah. Supposedly. Thank God it wasn't him. No yeah. kidding, dude. Is it? I'm not sure he's got comedy in him. Yeah. No. Not this character. Not this character. All right. So, I mean, that's our pretty much, you know, us going through Raising Arizona. We still need to uh, rate this movie. Obviously, I mean, we don't have to spend much time on this, right? Yeah. Um, No. I think it's it's the same rating across the board, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. You can hit it. So, we, we have come up with a rating system. If you haven't been out there and heard this yet, I'm sure you have, but, uh, for raising Arizona, and I just want to say, I think you know, in my opinion, you don't think Nick Cage is a good actor. I think if he would should, should have got the Oscar, it probably should have been for this one. I think the Cohen brothers got snubbed in their second movie for sure, and they didn't. This didn't wasn't nominated for anything. Right. But if you look at the actors that they brought into this, you've got Frances McDormand, three time Best Actress; Holly Boom. Hunter, one time Best Actress; Nicholas Cage, Best Actor; like John Goodman. <laughs> who was it really he's well, been sure snubbed he's been... by the academy like every yeah. single time yeah i think john goodman's one of the best actors of our generation uh, absolutely correct um so you know being snubbed and them not seeing it until after the fact i think that's what makes it what a cult classic like it wasn't yeah. originally just this huge yeah. thing and but... i'm reserving my judgment on nick cage man we're three movies in i'm like ah, this is a solid performance man so i mean this changed this this is why we're doing it. This changes my opinion. When we started this episode, we said we get we thought out the or threw out the theory: uh, Is there such thing as a perfect movie? Yeah, he's awful damn good. I think I got the best one. It's our best rating, and that's my opinion and our opinion. We share this that um, I think I don't think there's going to be another Nick Cage movie that beats this mm-hmm. as we do this. And there, casting there, gauge. I think I think we're going to be surprised. Yeah, and I think there's going to be some other. I mean, this movie is a different type of movie. There's right. not going to be any movie. Well, I don't know. Nick Cage does have some other outlandish movies For out sure. there, so who knows? I'm not going. I'm going to hold judgment, but I yeah. think this is. It's up there. It's going to be top five probably. When you do 140 movies, you're bound to have a few that are going to be excellent. Yep. It's time for this week's movie marriage. I need to tell you something. I'm pregnant. Are you sure? I got seven kids. I think I know what I'm talking about. So yeah. for this week's movie marriage, which you know is the segment we do, where we take two movies and we couple them up. That's it, and then they bone. <laughs> 
going to say have a baby and it turns into be this movie oh boy do you have a movie marriage for us i do man i've got peewee's big adventure and the chase the chase with charlie sheen yeah really yeah no interesting why not think about it i don't believe you've ever seen that movie you've got different factions all chasing and it's all they're all going after the same thing you got like flea and uh Oh, Ketis. yeah, and they're you know they're your convicts. There. Man, I haven't thought about that movie in such a long I bet time. You, I bet you you'll be thinking about it today. It is. Who's the blonde headed girl in that movie? Um, Christy Swanson. Christy Swanson, man. Wow. Well, yep. Yep. Um, I couldn't come up with anything. I I think this is to me again. This is going to be one of the top five movies of all time for me. Like Damn. this is this is the dad of another movie. Right. Okay. Yeah, I'm yeah. with you there. This is like the parent of some other. Yeah, this is the yeah. parent of some other movie because it's hard to come up for for me to come up with two movies that. Yeah, that I, describe this. The movie. Coen brothers just it, they nailed it on number two, and that's probably why they got you know 15 more opportunities and bigger no and bigger and bigger, and they eventually won directing awards and producing awards and cinematography 100%. awards, and you know they, yeah, they they deserve it all. Yeah, it's always a movie that kickstarts that that might not gain popularity the year that year but it just builds and builds and builds and i feel like i let old boy down with no movie marriage but no it's okay we but always have tagline do we do have tagline let's are you got a tagline um a non-creative one but i've got mine's not super creative but it's all right because there is also a theme through this movie it's not bad parenting but it is two words that really tie this movie together and they are my favorite thing so this week, I'm going to go with uh, Raising Arizona. Okay, then. And I just love it. I, 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 The first sound bite I called Juicebox and said, add to this board is... Okay, then. All right. I, I could hit that a million times. It's just the way they say it. All right, here's mine. Raising Arizona, it's still kidnapping. <laughs> Yeah, like, uh, like I, I just, I, I was watching with my kid. I'm in it. I've enjoyed it. And Sam's like, man, they they're kidnapping. They're the they're the heroes. They're the good guys. And they're kidnapping. I'm like, yeah, babe. They're well. I'm like trying to explain. I'm like, yeah, you're right. It, it's kidnapping. It's, it's wrong. So, you know, I thought about um, a, kind of a knockoff of this. If I would have done a movie marriage, what's that? Was that Goldie Hawn movie about kidnapping where they wear duck masks? Um, uh, terrible people, is that something is that like that? Is it terrible people or uh, other people's um, money? No. Ruthless people. Ruthless people. Hell yeah. Yeah. yeah! That movie's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dan DeVito, right? Yep. Yeah. Juicebox, you got a tagline? Man, I got no tagline for this. I failed. That's okay. You can just go with. Fuck! We never get to play that because we haven't been to, we haven't seen a bad Nick Cage film yet. That's our worst I'm, rating, yeah, and I that, always want to hit that button. That was old boys rating for the first Nick Cage movie we watched. Yeah. Um, I also want to throw this out because I don't think we've hit it yet. I'll be taking these huggies and uh, whatever cash you got. It's just like Nick Cage abandoned the nasally yeah. voice. He abandoned like the crazy well, acting. He, it was just it was just him. He actually That's, did a an accent and nailed it nailed the character nailed the acting I yeah mean, so th- this yeah he did great that's that scene right there where he robs it and then he's running through the neighborhood and the police are just firing at other people's houses like <laughs> yes. that scene is uh, that's the cartoon scene also yes. like when he gets back in the car they're having like this crazy back and forth that's like super fast talking and just like yeah. so ridiculous and she punches him in the face and he like goes cross-eyed it's like totally just it's, like not real you know non-real yeah. and you got nathan it. jr the best child actor in the world in the back like <laughs> pulling his hood over him and yeah you know, it was so i mean you gotta admit that was that, cute it was it was awesome like yeah. uh just playing that out and holly hunter um this is the only saving grace for her as far as i'm concerned in this movie is the doubling back to get your husband and not just giving up on him <laughs> yeah and, and then the sliding huggies middle of the street thing dude it the perfect yeah. ending solid. to that whole scene solid yeah um it started with huggies end with huggies man god this is such a good movie if Go you see haven't it. seen it and you're just listening because you like us it's on amazon for a dollar yeah. So that's yeah. A, be the will, best if, you, if you haven't seen it, I'll pay for you to see it. You can reach out to us at Bucky's basement. There's a little like uh, inquiry it. form or something to fill out. <laughs> Just say, "Hey, Bucky owes me a raising Arizona." Request one dollar from Bucky. That's it. Put your Venmo handle on there. Amazon's gonna jack it up to four ninety. I'm dishing out dollars on Bucky's basement. Um, 
Well, if you guys don't have anything else, man, this is when one I was looking forward to for so long. Super pumped. I do have a tagline. I forgot I wrote it down earlier. They were Jamie's. They had Yodas and shit on them. (laughs) (laughs) To Nathan. A great Nathan Nathan Arizona Arizona club. Yeah. So good. That's just one of my favorite quotes of the thing. Uh, Another quick thing I wrote down was like, the grenades in this movie were wild. Like they made the most giant explosions. Like Hell no yeah. matter what, that's where a big chunk of their budget went. I think exactly. was just like <laughs> blowing shit up with grenades. And there's so many like random glass. If you rewatch it, like look at tables. There's random glasses of milk on like people's tables like throughout the movie. It's so bizarre. Like I'm not sure if that means something, but like hmm. when Nicolas Cage is writing his letter, like his goodbye letter, there's a glass of milk there. There's a glass of milk on Nathan Arizona's desk when he's meeting with Leonard Smalls. Yeah. Okay. There's huh. just like random glasses of milk throughout the movie. I don't know what what exactly that means, but hmm. interesting. There's That's, also like a thousand beer cans all over the house after the the, <laughs> the convicts had been up. there for like six hours. Yeah. Like where did they get the beer? Yeah, they had a beer pyramid and everything. Uh, like, damn. <laughs> all crazy. right. Uh, I did write one quote I want to leave you with was uh, every day we kept a child out of the world would be a day he would have missed. And that was like towards, I think towards the end of the movie. And I want to say Nathan Arizona said that in the very last scene where he's returning the baby. So I I just want to commend again, the writing of raising Arizona. It's just unbelievable. We, We could sit here all night and just gush about it, but you guys don't want to hear that. You guys want to get on to our next episode, uh, dropping these every single week. Our next episode on Nick Cage is one that we have all been dreading for so long. Oscar nominated, Oscar winning, um, many awards and accolades for this 1987 drama, uh, Moonstruck. Not a drama. I think it's a comedy, right? Is it a comedy? Uh, I don't Unfunny comedy? I did not laugh watching it. It's an unfunny comedy. Well, this is going to be a fun one, guys, because the next one we're doing is Moonstruck. I can already hear the song. Um, it's a more. Right? Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, and share. Right. And You've my, seen it. No, my mom used to watch this movie. So okay. I, I guarantee we had the VHS growing up, and this is all I remember seeing. Uh, Cher ends up winning an Oscar over some heavy hitters. So you guys got to tune in on the next casting cage for Moonstruck. As always, we've had a blast uh, today on Bucky's Basement. Feel free to tune in every week. Go to Bucky'sBasement.com, socials, whatever. Shit. Yeah. Just, you know, hang out with us. Tell your mom about that.